This is Conversations with Corliss, the podcast that features real and inspiring people who are leading their lives with purpose, passion, and confidence. Through their stories, advice, and expertise, you will be empowered with tools and insights to become the leader you are meant to be. Your host, Corliss, is a Dare to Lead trained, certified success principles coach, best-selling author, and inspirational speaker. As an entrepreneur for more than two decades, she has coached, trained, and mentored thousands to tap into their personal power and realize their potential. Through her company, Corliss Co., she will help you dream again and break through what holds you back from leading the life you want to have. Connect with her today at corliss.ca. Hi, everyone. This is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it. My name is Corliss, and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. With my kids more independent and my career not as fulfilling as it once was, I found myself wondering if this was it and what was next for me. I went looking for answers to recreate my life, and I found them in having meaningful conversations with inspiring people. That's what we'll do here for you. Whatever you're looking for, I'm glad you're here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This is episode 048, Live Without Limits with Leighton Ketty. What exactly does it mean to live without limits? In this episode, we're going to talk about that and much more. We discuss the power of your mindset, how to manifest what you want, how to build your belief and crush your limits. Today's guest is a powerful example of leadership as he has been living his dreams for over a decade, inspiring everyone who follows him. His adventures have taken him all over the world on a bicycle, and his latest tour, Going Where No Other Man Has Gone on a Bike, was featured in McLean's magazine. You are only confined by the walls you build around yourself. In this episode, Leighton will inspire you to tear down those walls, follow your dreams, and live without limits. Thanks for listening. All right, there, Leighton. I'm so excited that you're here coming to us from Australia. I'm coming to you from my home office where we're kind of laughing about the fact that it says follow your dreams on the back of the wall. Being that we're related, it kind of makes sense that we both have that kind of philosophy and perspective. Thanks for showing up here for us. Thank you for having me, cuz. Greatly appreciated. Yeah, you've had a very big adventure going on. So here's the question I want to start with, first of all. Sometimes I think people look at people who are achieving their dreams and they think that they're just lucky or they think, you know, they, they must have had it handed to them. They somehow think it's unique or something. I would love it if you would give us a bit of the backstory. Were you just lucky or is this something that you're actually causing and creating to happen? Such a good question. And, you know, with the questions you have, it's really hard not to be cliche with the answers, but. I truly think the luck happens after the hard work. You're thinking about it, you're manifesting it, you're always working on self-improvement, and then one day you feel lucky, but realistically, you, I, I think I laid the foundation out, to be honest. I'm trying to be humble when I say that, but I think other people out there can relate to it when they know they're working so hard and they're wondering when they're going to get their good luck or what's going to happen, and you just have to be patient because it's going to come. 
Mm-hmm. So where do you come from? Give us a bit of the backstory since not everybody knows you and knows your story and the kind of the humble beginnings of where you came from. Well, if nobody knows where I'm from, so originally from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, uh, my mom was a phone operator. She just retired. That was She was there for almost 40 years. My dad was a logger, so growing up, I got pulled out of school to go help him work on heavy equipment. And uh, just that small town, really, back in Saskatchewan, really simple family. I come from the same family as you, so Polish ancestry on the one side, and and uh, just a family of hard workers, to be honest. I couldn't be more proud of uh, everyone that we shared our life with, you know? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So it's not like you had this handed to you. It's not like you, you know, were born with a silver spoon that you were given this opportunity to travel the world. This was really about uh, following your heart, following your dreams, setting your intentions, and then just going for it, you know, one small step at a time. Definitely. I think, uh, yeah, a lot of it was listening to what was happening inside, you know, like you said, not born with a silver spoon, maybe somebody under similar circumstances had parents that were world travelers or educated them about the world, obsessed with geography, maybe something like that. And yeah, I just didn't have anything like that at all. And just took a lot of listening and digging inside and a lot of not being scared to uh, jump out of my comfort zone, you know. Mm-hmm. So when did this start burning inside of you? So uh, for the audience, so Leighton lived right around the corner from me. So he's my much younger cousin. I actually don't know how old you are, but I just know you're a lot younger because you babysat my girls. So when I had my daughters, I'd work in the evenings and Leighton would come over and, you know, play with the girls and have a great time. Favorite babysitter ever. Cause he's just such a cool guy. And, um, I don't know if this was really something that was kind of passionately burning in you when you were younger, or is this kind of more of a recent, a recent thing, like in your later years? It's hard to say, you know, I was actually back in the babysitting days for you. And when I was younger, uh, my grandpa and my family, they always called me the grasshopper because they said I was always jumping around and I was always so curious. So I think I was born curious and wanting to see more. And the burning desire for me really kicked in in my early 20s when I had built my own house. I had my own place. I was working away, commuting, and I was getting into, you know, what a quote unquote normal society calls just a normal life, I guess. But doing really well for myself financially, uh, set up with a bunch of assets, things like that. And I just inside me, I knew there was something more. I just didn't feel content. I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted something out of it. And I just started looking and searching and I found it in the form of travel. It ended up, that's what it was for me. It's not that for everybody, but that's where I found it. Mm, Okay, cool. So it's like that burning or that nagging feeling that it's just like, hey, I'm not, this isn't quite it for me. I have to follow it. So is that what it means to live without limits? I think to live without limits is definitely don't limit yourself. You know, you can try and think about what other people are thinking about you but really it's uh, it's inside you I think you know you know how much you're capable of and you have to believe in yourself so that's that's what living without limits is for me 
Mm -hmm. So tell us about your most recent adventure. Actually, I think I want to I want to backtrack just a little bit because in case everybody didn't listen to the very first episode. So we had an episode audio only on conversations with Corliss where Leighton was actually episode number four and he was talking about how it kind of all began where you went to a destination wedding and from there you just kind of decided that you were going to take some time to go traveling. And that's where you started to really discover and and see something different and, and the new dream was born was that is that fair yeah that's definitely fair fair to say okay so you ended up landing in in costa rica is that how you say it costa rica is that how the locals say it yeah costa rica that's actually a lot better than most a lot of it's uh yeah mispronounced <laughs> but that was good I, I forgot that I was going to ask you about that ahead of time because I think people say it all different ways and I'm like, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Okay, so on your, you know, your first adventure, you did Central America. Kind of give us a synopsis yeah. of what happened there because you ended up getting married and settling down there, didn't you? Well, we just dug something up, yeah. So synopsis there was I flew to Mexico for the destination wedding, decided that on the last day, I didn't want to move back to Canada. I put a bicycle together in the lobby of the hotel room we were staying at. And as my family was hopping on the shuttle van, I just hugged them and told them I was going to go to Central America and go to Costa Rica. And I honestly never heard of Costa Rica before that bike trip. And I had no idea which countries are in between. So that was my adventure there. And for everybody listening, uh, most people know where Mexico is, just south of the United States. And they know where Colombia is, the north end of South America. So in between there is what they call Central America. Costa Rica is near the bottom. Uh, it's not a very big part of the continent, Central America, but it's got enough distance, right? And of course, these are some of the most, un not the most undeveloped countries in the world, but certainly the most dangerous. So I went through there on a bicycle uh, and I fell in love with Costa Rica when I was there and I decided to try and spend as much time as I could so I was doing some volunteering and stuff to uh, save some money. And I ended up meeting a girl, falling in love and, you know, having a love story that you get when you're in your early 20s and you bike around a Central American country, finding a local. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone out. can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone did in their 20s. That was one of my learning curves. No, but... But then but yeah. you made, yeah, so then you, okay, so you settled down and you started a business there, didn't you? Like with your wife and you kind of got your life going there and then you decided that you're going to le leave and pursue your, the globe on your bike. So how did that happen? Like, why, why did that happen? Why did you make that decision? You know, how did you even get there in a place in your heart? Cause that's. Yeah. So. What happened was we were commuting back and forth with this girlfriend that I had met from Canada to Costa Rica, sometimes the United States. We're sort of working and trying to travel the world and we really wanted it to be our home. So she was a passionate yoga instructor. She was into healing and I was, of course, obsessed with biking and traveling at the time. So eventually we decided that we would put our passions together and create a business in Costa Rica to fund our lifestyle. So. In doing that, we realized while living together, having this business that neither of us were following our dreams, essentially. And we decided that it was best to not be in a relationship nor have the business anymore. And we went our separate ways. And what was burning inside me uh, that goes with your question is that when I was doing my bike touring business, I mean, I was biking every day, taking people from all over the world to show them my favorite parts of Costa Rica. I, I seriously felt very fulfilled with it. I loved it. I gave people 
a great experience. They took memories forever. But what was inside me that I knew that I had to, mm, that was, like you said, that burning desire was that I knew I wasn't going to be able to see the world if I kept that job up, if I kept my business going. And for me, that was, that was sort of the final argument in my own mind that I needed to end it just for that. So when I ended it, I thought, okay, this is it. Like I have nothing left to do, but travel the world now. And I started shaping my life around that decision ever since then. How very brave, how very brave. And I'm really quite inspired by the fact that you not only you know, set the intention, but you really listen to your intuition. So as, is that something that guides you now is just a Honestly, and I, I, I would think because ever since I was a kid, I've always had that intuition inside me. You can call it your gut instinct, call it your heart, your soul, your passion, whatever you want to call it. I think everyone has it. I always had it at a young age. And the more you listen, the better your life gets and the quicker. So no matter what's happening in your life, you just have to listen to that. And I think everybody can just agree with that. They know every time I listened, you know, it worked out, but we're, we're too worried about if it's the ego or what other people think, you just have to shed it off. It's difficult. It's hard to let that just unfurl, but push yourself and it'll happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I, I agree. I mean, maybe some of the listeners might not, but I think we all have this inner knowing, like we, it just sits there. And a lot of times, actually, in my own experience anyways, when things get challenging or you feel discontent or, you know, things just don't feel right, it's because you're ignoring that inner, inner intuition that's telling you to make a change. And it's just hard exactly. to follow through. So how did you, how did you get there. I mean, so I'm thinking about the person who maybe doesn't, like you say, it's, this is your life. And for you, you found it through travel, but what about the person who's, you know, got a family worried about paying their bills and they're like, yeah, I'd really like to do all those things, but I wouldn't even know where to start to listen to that burning desire. What would you say to that person? Start by listening, whatever the burning desire is telling you to do. I don't, I don't know what other people's goals are, you know, and Maybe they're listening and thinking, oh, it must have been easy for him because of such and such or this and that. But I mean, there's a time in my life when I was like $500,000 in debt, had no plans for anything. And I, the world was completely unknown to me. You know what I mean? I had to apply for a passport. Uh, there was nights where I spent, you know, puking out of anxiety where I didn't know where it came from. And it's because I wasn't listening. So if somebody's listening out there and this can resonate with them, it's just do whatever your instincts are telling you to do. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. Follow your instincts again, learn from it, and then just repeat and listen and repeat. Mm-hmm. To me, it's that simple, even though it's extremely difficult mental decision for you, just try it. It's what you have to do. Mm, I like it. That's so true. Uh, So talk about mindset, because clearly you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You wouldn't be, you know, being featured in McLean's magazine and, you know, having all this stuff going on that you do if you didn't have like a really strong mindset. So talk to us about mindset, you know, what you believe it is, why it's important, how people can get themselves into that, that positive state of mind. To get yourself into the positive state of mind, I think you you have to be working towards self-improvement all the time. So for me to get the mindset that I have, which being honest, I don't realize how different my mindset is from other people's. um, But recommendations on how I got mine would be, like I said, self-improvement. 
There was a book I read a long time ago by Maxwell Maltz called Psycho-Cybernetics. And he, in his book, and this is a book from about the 50s, he talks about how your mind quite literally creates the world around you. And he discovered this before anybody else started talking about it, almost from a scientific point of view. So I considered him about like the groundbreaking guy on it. When I read that book, which I read it probably 25 times, so much of it resonated with me. I would highlight the pages, underline the lines that I thought made sense. And I realized that if you can actually transform and change your mind, you can create the world around you. So I just started putting my, you know, putting my foot forward on what I wanted. And I read goals to myself, set plans out for myself. Every day I reflected on it. There was a time when I used to carry in my pocket uh, notes on what I wanted. And if I ever got anxious or didn't feel good about my day, I would pull my notes out of my pocket and read it. I feel so embarrassed saying that. <laughs> but it's true. It's so true. Don't be embarrassed. I think that's great because here's what I most times happens for people. They write down their goals and then they put it on a piece of paper. Well, actually, most just think about their goals. They don't even really write them down. So then they write them down and then they set it aside and they don't revisit it. And then somewhere along the way, they find it and they're like, oh, yeah, I had wanted to do that. I love that you kept it top of mind and kept your goals right in front of you. It probably kept you focused and motivated. Exactly. Well, the thing is, you become quite literally what you think about. Everything you think about is what you become. I knew that. And I think most people know that deep down. So I realized if I'm not thinking about it all the time, it's not going to happen. So I just fertilized my mind with it every day, every chance I got. And it was probably quite obsessed, but I think it was worth it. I'm having a good time now. You know? <laughs> I'd say you're having a good time. No kidding. So, okay. So you set goals. How do you set goals? So do you have more than one goal happening at a time? Do you uh, have different areas of your life? Like, how do you set goals? Teach us. Enlighten us with that. Okay. Uh, it's I have my own technique unless somebody else is doing it. But I mean, what I do is short-term goals and long-term goals. So every day I set a goal for myself that has to be achievable because I realize that you get way too bogged down if you don't set achievable goals. So if anything, uh, I like to call it putting energy in the bank. So if I set a goal that I find achievable and I accomplish it, I feel better about myself because I did it. And then the extra energy I have for, you know, could have been a bigger goal. I put it in the bank for tomorrow. So the next day I just mm. set a goal and I keep accomplishing it. I get the momentum going. And then every day when I'm reflecting on my day's goal, I'll look at my weekly, monthly and yearly goals at the same time, just to have it inside my mind because it's often changing as well. Uh, and then I'm reflecting on those, but just deeply concerned with my one goal for the day. Beautiful. So it's like having a vision. So I'm just going to reverse engineer this because I certainly align with what you're saying. And a lot of what I teach is that where you create a vision for your life and it's really a, a collection of goals and experiences and how you want to feel and what you're moving towards. It's why I call it lead your life. It's because leadership is about, you know, making choices and being intentional with your goals and what you want and what's important to you and walking towards that. So I know you did a vision board a long time ago do you remember if some of this was on your vision board you came to that workshop i don't know what year that was but i remember you came to it and you created a vision board you'll have to tell us if if that some of that came true for you and then somehow along the way the power of visualization comes into play because you see the vision you know what you want and the next step of that is is the daily goals and keeping it right there in front of you and walking towards it always yeah definitely 
So do you, do you remember that vision board? Do you remember what was on it? Was any of this on there? <laughs> I remember a big part for me was Cuba and biking around the world. So I wanted to bike to Cuba, which I haven't made to Cuba yet, but biking. And, oh, I remember, I remember more than anything how I left when I felt there. I came there broken. I was just a mm. broken man from Costa Rica, you know, coming back, licking my wounds, trying to have this big goal of traveling around the world. And I think you gave me that course for free. We seen each other somewhere and you're like, just come and join. You're going to have a good time. And I was the only guy out of like 30 girls or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we all had a good time. And for me, it was, yeah, it was about uniting with friends and family that I hadn't spent time with. I remember and traveling the world in Cuba, Cuba was up there. It just keeps bringing a bell mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was a day of like, just recentering yourself and refocusing saying because a lot of times when people that's certainly been my experience with creating a new vision is that when my life was you know having when i was having challenges it's like you can get so caught up in what's happening like you say look in your wounds and i i call it my little pity party so i'm having this pity party where, where i can you know by having a vision and focusing on where i'm going it helps me pull myself out of that because it's not otherwise you can just get consumed into like a black hole and i think a lot of people do end up there for longer than they need to eventually you need to get out so you might as well propel yourself forward i agree i i don't know why but it's more difficult to feel terrible and dwell in the negative than it is to push yourself and be positive but you just have to like we talked about before change your mindset and realize in the act when you're doing it and you have to find whatever you can to motivate yourself, to push yourself to be positive, to get out of it. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. If you can learn how to motivate yourself, you can learn how to do anything. Mm. And how do you motivate yourself? Caffeine? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I motivate myself. A lot of times I set things up for myself. I create memories in my phone through photos that I consider monumental achievements in my life. I, I write things to myself to look at, I, put, I call it in my times of trouble. So I have a notes folder in my phone and I call it in times of trouble. So if I need to dig deep and I need to reflect on something or I need to remind myself of what I'm doing and why, I go into that folder. So I've set myself up to deal with that and I get my motivation from that. Oh, I love it. Okay, so you said something really key there. You said, why? So that's for me anyway, and I think for most of the listeners, because a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are um, connected to, you know, what I teach. And for me, the why is everything, because when you connect to why you're doing something, you're going to find motivation automatically, like it just is, because it's important to you. It's like, we will all, purpose and why, when you're connected to that, will push you to do things that you're scared of doing, because it's important to you. So, I love how you said that. So let's talk a little bit about why. Why do you do this? Like, what's this about? You're you're traveling the world. You're experiencing all these. You're going where no man's gone before on a bike. <laughs> you're going to tell us that story yet. So why? Why are you doing that? Uh, why I do it? I mean, it's for it to, 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 to me, for me to go from where I was at to this now. I mean, I never would have suspected that. Uh, growing up. So to answer why, I mean, honestly, it just makes me happy and makes me feel alive. And as I do something that makes me happy and makes me feel alive, I reflect on it. 
dwell on it. I realize, okay, that was positive. That was a positive experience. Let's do more of that. And then it has now got me to where I'm traveling around the world and learning how to make money off it. I mean, turns out that was what it was for me. Yeah, that's cool. Every once in a while, I know uh, maybe you have a mantra, but it sounds to me you live without limits. You're like, okay, what could I do? It makes, and then it brings you joy. Joy is a good indicator that you're on the right track, isn't it? At least I think so. Joy joy is the ideal indicator. Anything that is the opposite of anxiety, because anxiety to me is your mind just telling you 100% you're not supposed to be on that path. So joy, happiness, euphoria more than anything really lets you know you're on the path. So just keep chasing it down. Okay, what does euphoria feel like? And then I'm going to come back to telling you the story about my own mantra that I had for many years. Okay, euphoria to me, and I remember the first time I felt it, which was in Costa Rica. Euphoria to me is not just happiness. Happiness, you feel happy inside. You have the burning heart, feeling burning feeling in your heart and in your stomach. Euphoria to me is when you have nothing but happiness in your life and you realize that it's all happening for a reason and you feel connected with all of your surroundings so if you're sitting at home or anywhere and you just feel enlightened completely connected and overwhelmed with joy that's euphoria oh i've had that feeling just recently actually i just looked around and went oh my gosh like I'm doing what I love to do. Everything is so good. And I, when I reflected back on my life and I never thought I'd get there, like I never thought I would ever feel, I hoped I would, but I was living in such, you know, kind of miserable circumstances that it was just like, there's just no way, you know, it only happens to other people. And then one goal at a time, one step forward, every time, one brave decision, listening to my intuition, moving forward. I think we're cousins. Yeah. I think we're related. We- <laughs> Had the same traumas to deal with and made a good path for ourselves. Yeah, it's beautiful. And now here we are. But anyway, my mantra when you're talking about living you know, with, without limits, um, I, I every once in a while I would tell myself, blow your own damn mind. It became like a mantra for me where it was like, push myself. What else could I do? Like they say that's not possible. You know, that's bigger than somebody's done before. And I was relating it to my career. Like it was in my career that this was happening over and over again. And because I was an entrepreneur, I had to keep myself motivated. So what I would do is I would say, okay, what do you think you can't do? And then I'd be like, you know, I'd set a a particular goal of some sort. And it was just so big and somebody else hadn't done it. And I was like, yeah, but like, why don't you blow your own damn mind? Because every time that I would achieve something that blew my mind, I would know I could do something else. And my belief in myself and possibilities just open up for me because I was like, hey, you can do anything you put your mind to, but you have to, you know, set that forward. So I, I, it just became a way of life. It was like, okay, I'm just going to blow my own damn mind. I even had a t-shirt yeah. made. <laughs> it sounds that. so good, right? Blow your own damn mind. Why not blow your own damn mind? And it's not to prove it to anyone else. It was literally just like, let's see what I can do. Like, let's prove it to yourself. Blow your own damn mind. And I would just lock onto that. And then I just do it. And then I I do it. And then I'd be like, okay, I had to learn to celebrate it. That was actually the biggest challenge for me was to actually like learn to pause and actually celebrate that before I was on to the next thing that would blow my mind. But even still, I'm, I'm grateful that I, you know, challenged myself to be that way. And I think you probably align with that as well. I'd say for sure. Yeah. Well, you brought up two things there that resonate with me and that was celebrating it. So I realized that when you celebrate the micro successes, as I call it in your life, you get that momentum again, you create mm, 
you create positivity inside the experience, you know, and then you want to continue doing it because you're not being hard on yourself. You don't have to set the next one right away. You can, of course, but you're being positive about it, you know, and that's so important. Yeah. What was the second thing that brought up? What, what was the second one that you brought up? Now I got to think, uh, lose it. I lost it there. Okay, that's okay. Okay, we really are related because that happens to me all the time. People are laughing right now listening because they've seen me have that happen on a stage <laughs> when I'm speaking. It's like, whoops, but it's gone. It'll come back. We'll revisit yeah. it when it does. Do you need a reset? If life has knocked you down and you're trying to get back up, you've fallen into a rut, you're feeling in a funk and you don't know why, or things around you are challenging and you need to refocus, the Reset Challenge will help you. This seven-day challenge is power-packed with inspiration, tools, and training to help you get yourself back on track. Each day for seven days, you'll receive a short video message straight to your inbox that will guide you through a process of owning your power to lead your life. You will also have access to the Reflection Journal and a community of inspired and supportive people. Do this for you. Join the Reset Challenge today at Corliss.ca. So tell me about your, your latest adventure. Like, okay, so there's an article in McLean's about it. Like, take us back in your words you know, from the start of that experience, why you set out to do that, what ended up happening and what ended up coming out of it? Like what the end result was. God, really? Okay. So this, that happened for a few reasons. So I was working in Papua New Guinea. Now I'm Canadian. I live in Australia, but I work in Papua New Guinea. So that's quite confusing for people. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I went to Australia, uh, Papua New Guinea. I worked for seven months straight. I had a few days off in there, but more or less worked as hard as I possibly could. This is to save up money for traveling around the world, right? So when I come back to Australia after having this hardcore work experience, it was time for me to go out and see Australia. I wanted to go and do the most hardcore bike tour I could find. So I wrote the Instagram post and I wrote a dear mom as a letter to my mom saying like, I am going to go and just be who I want to be and do what I want to do and goodbye. Like who knows what's going to happen. So I did that, shut my phone off and I just went on this, there's this track that runs through Australia from the bottom Southeast to the top of the Northeast. And it is, it's considered a horse track. So it's really not for a bicycle at all. And I found the most difficult section of it. And I went to tackle that without my phone turned on and just me and my cameras and, you know, on my bicycle, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you barely pass. Okay, so this, okay, just for the audience to kind of fully engage with this whole experience. So this was highly recommended that you didn't go there, that this was very dangerous, was it? Yeah, I had no positive feedback whatsoever on anything to do with that trip. It was, some. I mean, even in the beginning, I was like, maybe I am crazy. Like people say it to me all the time. And I'm thinking, am I, am I, am I going to die? Am, is like, you know, what, what's going to happen to me? I really asked myself. And then I thought, I don't know. It just feels right. Like, I know I can do it. I've been doing this my whole life, planning and working up to it. I didn't go from mild to wild. I mean, I went from mild to wild, but you know, I, I've worked my way up to this goal. It's time for me to push myself in this now and see if I can do it. So I went. Wow. Okay. And like, what kind of terrain? How far was it? Like, cool. why was it dangerous? <laughs> I, I just want somebody else who rides a bicycle like I do to try it and then come back on here and let us know how not worth it it was. Like, 
I was doing it and because it's a horse track vehicles with like a four wheel drive souped up vehicle wouldn't be able to do it. It was when they say horse track, it's because that's the only form of transportation besides like a rope and your feet, the, the way to get up these places. So I spent about 80% of it pushing and pulling my bicycle, disassembling it down, carrying parts to the top, coming back down. And I just thinking to myself, well, this is what you wanted. Like you got to finish it. But there was views and the couple people that I met made my experience amazing. These huts in the middle of nowhere. I don't know, just burning that much energy. And I loved it. Honestly, I would go back and do it again. I mean, how many I might days? Do it again. How, like, yeah, you probably will. How many days yeah. did it take you? In total, it ended up taking, I think it was 18 days. The, the initial goal from Marysville to Omeo, which for people listening out there is from small town to small town through a few mountain ranges. Wow. Okay. And you, where did you sleep? Like, how did this work? How, what did you eat? Like, yeah. that's a long time. <laughs> so eating for me was simple, high calorie foods that were dry and could pack easy. So I'm kind of like a horse. I just honestly live off of oats. I packed a kilogram of sugar. I packed smooth peanut butter. I prefer crunchy, but in my mind, I thought maybe smooth is just a little bit more calories per and powdered milk. And I lived off of that. And I drank water from streams. I bathed, well, zero times, like in 20 something days. It was crazy how long I went without a shower. But the odd time I found a little bit of a river where I filled my water bottles. It was cold, but I would try and give myself a splash bath and slept in my tent, slept on the ground when the weather let me and sometimes in the huts. In the huts. <laughs> so what huts? <laughs> so Australia has these huts. They were owned by cattle ranchers maybe 150 years ago when they would try and break land or see if cattle could survive in a region. So they would build these. You imagine what a hut would look like in Australia 150 years ago. So they used rudimentary tools with the surrounding trees and they had a little bit of brick and a little bit of cement mix. So there's a chimney and just a mm. very rough set of walls and roof. Uh, and you can sleep in them. Wow. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's what you did, right? Okay, yeah. so is there not like danger? What about animals and stuff like that? Like, I mean, you've been on a lot of you. I remember the last time you told me you were, you slept in ditches. Like, isn't there like snakes and, you know, things around that are dangerous? Like, aren't you afraid of that? I think... If you let yourself think about it, you'll definitely be scared. I mean, there's plenty of spiders and snakes that can kill you. As far as animals, I don't believe so. Uh, you see them, though. But with the snakes and spiders, I don't know. I always, I mean, it's probably not the best advice, but I always think, like, when your time is up, your time is up. And I push myself. I like to sleep on the open ground. And uh, I, that's if I know there's a snake and I know there's a spider that could harm me. If I feel like sleeping on the open ground, I'll sleep on the open ground. Wow. Well, that's the live without limits. And it also comes back to what you said before about you just listen to it. Like if the more we talked about mindset and we talked about intuition and the more you focus on your fear, the bigger the fear becomes. And if you, you know, get peaceful with the idea that, you know, this is my life, I'm going to live it, you know, fully and embrace it, then the fear can kind of subside. Does it not? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you, depending, everyone's got a different nature that way. If you want to let the fear subside and take control, 
or is the fear holding you back? I mean, it's your decision to make. It's your perception on it, right? So you have to just listen in on that. Mm-hmm. Your decision to make. That's a that's a really powerful statement there for sure. Now, what about, um, okay, so tell us about the rest of the trip. So there ended up being a missing persons report filed. <laughs> How did that all happen? So a really good friend of mine, he's from Norway. He was in Norway at the time. Definitely not going to say any names or anything like that. He, he's really good in the media world. He studied marketing. Uh, he does TV shows for a living, right? So this is a good friend of mine who's helping me, you know, with photos and editing and my story and how to get it out there. So him and I became close. We were probably on the phone every day for a year. Uh, we met in Costa Rica and we became like, realistically, we were kind of best friends. Anyway, there was some sort of confusion between him and I on when I was going on my bike tour and how serious I was actually taking it. And he was the one that called the police on me and reported me missing. Because he didn't know you had gone? He knew I had gone, but maybe didn't believe that I would really be gone for that long or wouldn't try and find signal to check in. He had never seen me in my element where I would go for that long or that far without any kind of connection. Gotcha. And especially since you had always talked to him. So when you came out and realized there was, how did that, how did you find out there was a search party out looking for you? Like you were a missing person. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it was such a fluke because they never would have found me. I was quite literally in the middle of nowhere. And later I talked to police and they said they would have had to have sent a helicopter or because they're not going to send a horse to look for me, you know? So I had slept at this little tiny creek overnight and it was near a gravel road, which I knew it led after, I think it was like 45 kilometers to where a mine was. There was a mine on my map, a a gold mine. And I knew that there had to have been a pub or something there for the couple little bit of, for the workers that would have been in and out. Uh, That's how it is in Australia. There's always a little pub, hotel, motel. So I thought, I'll go there, see if there's a hotel, motel, whatever. I'll charge my camera gear and then I can go back on my trip. So when I went to go and charge my equipment, there just so happened to be a police officer on the road. He stopped me, knew my name right away. And when he said, Mr. Keddy, I just sort of went quiet and stiff. And I was like, you know, <laughs> everything you've ever done bad in your life is going through your head. And you're like, oh my God, it's finally caught up with me, you know? And, and then he's like, we're looking for you. And I'm thinking like, who's we, you know? And then he started telling me the story and I, yeah, I didn't have cell signal there. So when I got into a signal, I turned my phone on and yeah, I went berserk. Wow. That's crazy. Your mom must've been so relieved. Oh, I can't imagine how she felt. She was, she said she didn't sleep the night before I felt terrible. And my relationship ended with my friend that called the police actually. So that was another difficult thing to deal with because he had phoned hers and I had to phone her, reassure her that I was all right and deal with uh, hundreds of Facebook and Instagram messages. And the media had turned it around and it went, it went crazy. Yeah. I'm so glad you're okay. And so is everybody else. Thank you. Yeah. So I've always wanted to ask this question and for some reason it feels right. I've never asked this of a podcast guest before. Actually, I don't think I've ever asked this of anyone but myself. If you could tell your younger self something, what would you tell? What would you tell him? Don't worry because all the hard work is going to pay off. Mm. So was there a time that you worried and why you would give that advice to your younger self? 
God, my whole life. I just, I don't know. I always had this unsettling feeling, you know, I always knew there had to have been something more. There had to be a reason I was born so curious. There had to be a reason I had endless energy, you know. I just had to put all, you have to go through life. You have to fall down a thousand times. And then finally, eventually all the pieces go together, you know. Some people have it more difficult than what I had, of course. Some people had it more difficult than what you have had it. And eventually they put the pieces together. It's just, it takes time. Everyone's life is different. You can't compare to anybody else, but just wait, be patient. It's all happening for a reason. And when it goes together, you're going to get the aha moment on why it was so difficult and why you couldn't figure it out. It'll happen. Mm -hmm. And just keep moving forward and recognize that there's a choice. This is where the mindset portion of it comes in, right? There's a choice as to how we process those experiences. There's a choice as to, you know, whether we compare ourselves or we don't, or whether we, you know, immerse ourselves in self-improvement and personal growth, like, and figure ourselves out. We, we have a lot of choices in this, in this crazy world that can sometimes feel out of control. Definitely. It is our own choice. You're right. Nobody else can make it but you. Mm hmm. So let's talk about finances. I just have I mean, I could talk to you like all day. That's just been our experience since the day we met, I think. <laughs> but I do want to ask you about the financial part of it. So you're talking about making money now doing what you love. So and you're figuring that out. So talk to us about that, because I think there's a lot of people I actually I'm thinking of my son right now. And I, I mean, he's 14 years old and I'm thinking, you know, Cole, like you've had good conversations. He admires you. And right now he's moving into high school and he's thinking about, you know, what should I be taking? What could I get a job at? Like he's, you know, the traditional way of thinking. And of course, the education system's definitely encouraging him to look at that. And and uh, I said to him, you know, but I think our world has changed and evolved so much. And one of the things that I've learned in my life is that you want to find out what lights you up and what you love to do. And this isn't just for teenagers. I think this is for everyone. It's like, what do you really love? And you can make a living at it. Like our world has evolved to the point that you can make a living at it because of social media and because of the internet. So your goal is not really to figure out what it is that you can do that can give you security and make you money. Your goal is to actually do what you love, figure out what you love, and then you can actually reverse engineer it to, you know, creating a career around it and earning money that way. Would you say? Tell us I your thoughts on this. Yeah, I feel like I'm even almost not quite young enough to the generation that's going through it. And I'm figuring it out almost late in life where I think someone like Cole's age, a teenager or someone in their early 20s, they're going to know more about this. But it's a 20th century idea that you have to get a job for security, work for 50 years and then retire. That is old fashioned. Now, like you say, if you follow your heart, follow your passions, do what you love, you can do anything you want. And if you become one of the leading experts in it, people will want to learn how you did it. It can be in knitting, it can be in gaming, and it can be in bike touring. Anything, all you have to do is just be good at it. And you don't even have to be the best at it, I guess. I said that the leading experts, you don't have to be. If you're documenting and filming your process about how you're falling down, learning, getting up, what you're doing, what you're reaching out to, mm -hmm. other people are interested in that. And if you learn how, you can make money off it. And it can be the smallest, simplest thing. So 
this is where they talk about niche markets, right? It's like yours is bike touring, like literally bike touring. That's it. So it doesn't even have to be some big brand new idea or some big market. It can be the smallest thing that people share your interests and want to learn from you. I mean, everybody, everybody can have access to that. It's like, what is that thing that's burning in your heart? What is it that brings you joy? And if you don't know what it is, try enough things until you figure out what gives you that euphoria feeling that you're describing. If it lights exactly. you up, like, man, make a business out of it. Like there's, I love how you said it's, it's like the old way of thinking, because to me, it really is like the way it was for a lot of people in my generation was you grow up and you try and figure out what you're going to do to get a secure job. And then you go to school or you get trained to learn that. And then you go and you do that job and they own you really because you need that paycheck. So then you spend your life miserable. Now I would suggest that people look at it the other way around, no matter what age you are. I I started my new career at 46 years old. I completely changed careers. Well, I'm still aligned with a lot of what I always did, but I'm doing what I love to do. I mean, and there's people that are doing like all kinds of people at all kinds of stages of life that are making new decisions and new choices. But I think we do it the other way around. I think you figure out what lights you up, what makes you happy, what, what you know, makes you just want to get up and do your day and, and live full out and bring those gifts and those experience and those skills. And when you do that, you can actually design a business or a career or be an entrepreneur around that. You can have it all, can't you? You can have it all. I mean, if you have the desire to have it all, because being an entrepreneur and starting your own business around anything you want to do, like I'm learning to film and document my bike tours, it's a lot of work. So if you don't mm -hmm. enjoy it, it'll drive you nuts. So you can't, it's not like you just turn a camera on and all of a sudden you got money coming in. I've only got paid once for photos out of everything I've done. And I, I, personally think I have years to go until I have any more income coming in. You never know what's going to happen. So you hit, you know, all the hours I put in, I have to decide, do I love doing this? And is this what makes me happy? And it is because I get to write, I get to practice my expression through art, which is photography, doing videos, my travel experiences, I'm combining it all. And when I learn to make money off it, it's going to be the well-rounded circle for me. And I think it'll all come sort of together as one it'll all be in synergy and then it's I don't even think that I'll be thinking about making money off it I just think my life is going to happen that's how it feels to me now like it's just going to pave itself that's that's where I'm at with it mm. well I've had several world trainers that I've had the wonderful privilege of of being with and learning from and they've been mentors to me and I can tell you that that's exactly what they say when you're doing what you love you would do it for nothing and you just keep showing up and it will bring you an abundance of wealth, not just financial, but a wealth, a wealth in other ways as well, like enjoy and happiness. Cause you're doing what you enjoy. Exactly. I think, yeah. And maybe you're not destined to be a millionaire. I mean, it's not even close to a goal I shoot for. So wealth to me is different for, you know, to wealth for you, for somebody else. So mm -hmm. do you need to get rich off it or is that your ego talking? You know what I mean? Do mm -hmm. we really, you need to realize your goals. Tony Robbins is a wonderful world teacher, as you know, who you've met. But do we need to have his same amount of money? I mean, he's extremely generous with it, but he's probably got a, a different path in life. And one other thing I wanted to talk about, too, when we were talking about pursuing your goals and being an entrepreneur around it, maybe you decide you're going to quit your job and follow your passion, which could be anything in this world. You may realize in that process that when you have to get a second job or go back to your old job, 
that you appreciated far more and that mm. maybe maybe you're still okay with your Monday to Friday job. It's not a big deal to be happy with that. That's perfectly fine. But you need to do what you can in your life to appreciate that. And if it's what's funding you to do what makes you the most happy, then be happy with that too, you know? Oh, I love it. I love it. And that's the thing about, you know, trying new things and having these experiences so that you can figure it out. And I love how you said it's, it helps you appreciate things because I really do think it does. Instead of just getting locked onto one path, I guess, open up your, your minds, your mind and your heart to, to what you, you know, is burning inside of you and live without limits and give yourself a chance to experience that, you know, whatever that looks like for you. So good. Exactly. So anything else that you want to add um, before I ask you the three closing questions that I ask all of my guests? Well, now that I know that I have three closing questions, I'm kind of excited for it. Okay. Okay, good. Well, where can everybody find you? Like, how can we follow you? Everybody, please follow Leighton. He's, you know, got so much value. Not only will you get to watch him with on his tours and, you know, see his images, but He's going to lead you by example to live without limits and to follow your heart. So I really hope you will. Where can people connect with you? Well, if you want to see something interesting, you just go onto Google and you punch in Leighton Ketty and realize that that is just a heavy duty mechanic with a simple, humble beginning uh, and see what comes up. It is crazy how uh, my stories, my photos, everything have went all over the world. So I think you can do that for a little bit of entertainment, but of course you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and now YouTube as I've published videos under okay. Leighton Ketty. Leighton Ketty. So it's spelled L-A-Y-T-O-N and then K-E-D-D-Y. I will post the link in the show notes as well. Okay. So the three closing questions, because this is a real leadership podcast. What does leadership mean to you? What does leadership mean to me? Have I answered these questions before? Yeah, you have. You just forgot. <laughs> what leadership means to me, being confident in who you are, what leadership means to me right now this second is uh, sort of the question, really, because if I've answered it before. But what leadership means to me is being confident in who you are and learning to lead yourself before you lead other people. And that's by making what you feel inside you is the right decision. Mm, perfect. Love it. On the spot too. So that's great. And then what about a book or a podcast that was like, that's really supported you kind of a game changer one, like that one that you feel like you really want to recommend that would support people in living book with, or... when like really actually specific, maybe there's a book you did say one earlier, so maybe you want to recommend that one officially, but something about the theme here of living without limits. Is there a book that kind of inspired that in you? I think it depends what we're going to go for. If you're going to go self-improvement, the one that I read the most, but it is an old school read, is The Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Or if you're a daydreamer and you're into traveling and that's why you've listened to this, if you haven't read Henry David Thoreau's Walden is the name of the book Walden if you haven't read that put your socks on sit down enjoy that one cuddle up by a fire it is the greatest read of all time oh my gosh I haven't read that one so I'm excited I'm gonna check that out myself excellent oh it's beautiful okay and then the final final closing question so based on all of the life experiences that you've had the highs and the lows if you were only able to leave the world with one piece of advice, what would you want to leave them with? 
Oh, wow. That's a heavy question. Hey. I know. <laughs> One piece of advice currently right now that I would say. I have this quote that I like. It's going to sound cliche, but the labor of your love will re will reward you soon enough. Mm. What does that mean to you? To me, the labor of your love will reward you soon enough means that like we've discussed with alignment and with intention and everything today is all that energy and all that love you're putting into whatever you're doing, as long as you're doing it purposefully and it is genuine and from the heart, you will be rewarded. It doesn't have to come to you financially, but I promise you it will come to you in the form of happiness, joy, and euphoria. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know that we're, I, you're probably exhausted. You've been up. Our time zone has really kind of divided us that way. And you showed up here anyway. I'm just so grateful that you did. Thank you so much for your example. Please be safe. We love you. Take good care. I love you guys too. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.